The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John. When the Judeans sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? John confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me the thong of whose sandal I am unworthy to untie. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. I heard a really interesting question this week. I was listening to my favorite preaching podcast, The Vinyl Preacher, and on the show this week was Lutheran pastor Tuhina Raske. And she was inspired by what John the Baptist says in today's gospel, among you stands one whom you do not know. And inspired by that line, she shared a story about the time she was asked, so when Jesus comes back, how are you going to know? In Tuhina's story, she was admittedly stumped. And if you ever want to play Stump the Pastor with me, this would be a good question to start with. Because, really, when Jesus comes back, how are you going to know? Anytime I hear someone claiming to be Jesus Christ, I know I immediately doubt and discredit that person's testimony. It's like, even though I don't know when or how Jesus is going to come back, I definitely know it's not through that guy. (laughs) But how are we going to know? During Advent, we wait, we watch, we prepare. But I think we need to add ask as well. And specifically ask this question. When Jesus comes back, how are we going to know? Because this question, it can clarify just how we prepare, what we are waiting for, who we are watching for. And when we ask the question, how are you going to know, it has the effect of opening, opening us up to the truth that we, in fact, do not know. And we therefore need to remain open to the possibility that John's words ring true today. Among you stands one whom you do not know. Rooting our Advent preparation in this truth that we don't know. It's an honest place to start and it turns us 
from our assumptions and our ideologies to once again be surprised at where we find the incarnate Christ in our midst. We may be going through Advent believing that we know what's coming. Hindsight is 2020, and we know Jesus will be born and all will be well. But I gotta be honest, I get nervous when we pretend to know the end of the story. It may well be comforting to live like we know, but really, how are we gonna know? Maybe the story is still unfolding. Maybe Jesus is being born again and again in mangers of our own context, in the furthest corners of society that we'd rather not look or go. And maybe this Advent season means waiting with anticipation for the coming of Christ, but experiencing Christ and Christ's birth in the most unlikely of people and places. But as I look around the world today, It seems we are inundated with news outlets and opinions, ones that we can just cherry-pick from to confirm ourselves, confirm our beliefs, rather than inform or challenge our comfort zones. We find ourselves more divided than ever. Rather than leaving our comfort zone, we stay in our corners, surrounded by like-minded people, afraid to leave what we know. For a world that might challenge our deepest convictions. But from our corners, we convince ourselves that we know more than we actually do. We're all looking at each other from a distance, letting our ideologies explain what we need to know, never crossing that gap. But among you stands one whom you do not know. So who is it? Who is it that you think you know? but you really don't? Who is it that you're cut off from because you're convinced that a conversation would neither be helpful nor effective? Where do you need to surrender your ideologies and your assumptions, admit that you do not know, and take the first step this Advent towards asking yourself the question, how are you going to know? In her poem, After the Annunciation, Madeline Engel writes, This is the irrational season, when love blooms bright and wild. Had Mary been filled with reason, there'd have been no room for the child. Advent, it is irrational. But then again, so is the birth of our Savior Christ to an unwed teenage mother. And it's because of the unlikeliness of the Christmas story that we must get a little irrational during Advent. We must let go of our reason, be open to surprise, and imagine the possibility that Christ is born in places we haven't been yet. And if we're going to know when Christ returns, then we need to get comfortable in those places, get comfortable with those people. Preparing room for Christ doesn't mean carving out a space in our own comfortable corner. But it means leaving behind all we know, being open to the unknown and unsettling places where we least expect our Savior Christ to be brought into the world. I was recently in San Francisco, a place where we sometimes think the salvation of the world will come from. (laughs) 
Silicon Valley, right? All the tech. And while I was there, it was interesting because as Tara and I walked the streets, we overheard conversations or at lunch. And it was almost like listening to religious converts speak passionately of their technological fate and what they were developing, what they were changing, how they were going to disrupt the status quo and change everything. And I found myself getting wrapped up in that energy, believing that the salvation of the world is just waiting to be born if these highly motivated and intelligent folks can just write the perfect code or develop the perfect algorithm or compile the perfect database. And I'm not trying to poo-poo these ideas. They are effective and they will change the world. But as I found myself getting excited by that hopeful energy, I was also reminding myself that this Advent season, the salvation of the world, will not be born through what we know but will be born in the places we do not yet know. Also, the salvation of this world is God's work and not our own. So when Jesus comes back, how are you going to know? I don't have the answer for you. But maybe the vision that Isaiah so poetically paints for us this morning can shed light on what such a day could look like. It'll be a day when good news is brought to the oppressed. The brokenhearted are bound up. The captives will hear liberty proclaimed. The mourning will be comforted. The prisoner, prisoners will experience release. And the Lord God will cause righteousness to spring up before the nations. Like a seed springing up from below. From below the dirt, in the darkness. Below the soil, just like Christ being born in the furthest margins of our society. Being clear that that is our salvation and that God saves and not us, it clarifies our role, especially during this Advent season where we watch and we wait and we prepare and we ask. For John tells us, among you stands one 